Hello, hello, hello. This is No BS Allen here from the Fight Shed Podcast. With the spring flowers growing right now, what about starting a podcast and seeing that grow too? Anchored by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast come true with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And remember, you heard it from No BS Allen from the Fight Shed Podcast. To the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. How do you like the weather? It's it's awesome. It's nice. It's, it is nice, It seems it? like uh, California, I guess. Is this it, how California feels like? I guess they brought it with them with all these yeah. influx of California. That's, that's nice. No, but it's a nice and cool 80 degrees um, nice. in the middle of June. That is yeah. crazy. That just means that it's going to be really hot in July. You know what was really weird to me is lately I've seen in the last month and a half on my weather app, it always says 50% rain every day in San Angelo, but yeah. I don't see any of it. Oh, that's normal. It never rains here. But, but why do you even post it then? I know. The other day I was watching the news and they had the, the image of a 30% thunderstorm. Yeah. And it was like really dramatic. Yeah. And it, so the lightning bolts and everything. And no, it never rains. It doesn't rain. I think it's because um, the city itself maybe generates heat. Yeah. And I think it causes the, the clouds to go around us. I don't know. That's a theory of mine. It, it drives me nuts because I go off literal stuff. So, like, last Friday, I was supposed to go play some pinball, and they're like, thunderstorms, hell's coming, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, we got dust storm, and I am like. A crazy dust storm. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck in this at the pinball festival cause, or pinball uh, arcade because uh-huh. I've been stuck there the last two weekends. Yeah. With rainstorms, bad yeah, rainstorms. Yeah. So I stayed home and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like, it was crazy. The The dust storm came and went. Like, yeah. It was terrible dust storm. It was. But then it's gone. Like, it yeah. pl- blew through us. But yeah. yeah. Crazy. How was your weekend other was, than that? It was it was good. Uh, had to run to Big Spring uh, to see one of my shops. And then on Sunday, they had their monthly pinball tournament. Okay. We are up to 11 people now. All right. Two newbies. Okay. One was eight. One was 13. All right. Cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So where do you think I finished out of 11 people? Um, Third. 11. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what happened? Everybody looked at me like. But you're like the, the expert. I like, feel like I was. You go to the conferences. You go to the pinball tournaments of national of the Americas, I and, know in Dallas, Texas. What what happened? Everybody was shaking their head, like what what it, what happened? I don't know what happened. Wow. I don't know, but this is my excuse. Okay, I didn't want the eight year old and the thirteen year old not to come back if they came in last. 
So I figured if I'm last, they'll come back and play again. We beat that veteran. We're pretty good. That's right. I guess you took one for the team. I took one for the team. Wow. Yeah, so I did that. And, uh, I mean, as always, I'm catching some uh, evening uh, uh, boxing and fighting action. It was evening this time. Yeah, it was in the evening. It was, yeah. Um, You know what? We don't do much, as always. I always say we always ask each other what we did this weekend. I did go to a restaurant, took my wife out to eat. Um, hung out there. It rained a little bit on us on, okay. uh, on Saturday evening. Um, but other than that, there's sometimes it feels like there's nothing to do in San Angelo. You know, you have to go out of your way to find things to right. do in San Angelo, I think. It just doesn't – It there's just not like, oh, my gosh, there's ten things to choose from. Right. Which one am I going to take? I did ask my wife, do you want to go bowling? Oh, and so did you? She, and no, she said her nails are too long. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, but boy. great. Yeah. As she always has nails, so that means that we're just never gonna go. And and I think you're you're kinda I mean you're you're kinda in the downtime at your work a little bit, right? No. Nope. Um our semester started right all over again on this past Monday or yesterday. Summer you know, Monday school. For summer semester, yeah. Okay. Yep. Summer semester. So you're still I mean you're pretty Trucking. much year round then. Year round. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. yep. But like you said, we did have some uh, a couple of big boxing matches or actually one boxing match. Um this this uh, past weekend, and it was the, actually the women's side of things that we did have the quote, the greatest woman of all time. Are you? How do you feel about that moniker with Clar- Clarissa Shields? I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it either because her resume doesn't show her beating other former opponents right now. I mean, she doesn't really have any much competition. In There's my not opinion. that much competition. She hasn't fought that many times in no. the first. Place. I think she's, um, you know, going into this match a gold medalist. Of course, she's a 2012, 2016 Olympian. So yeah. give her that, right? Um, she did come in 13-0, but with two knockouts um, in her record. And uh, the number one middleweight in the world against Maricela Cornejo, who came in sixteen and five. Um, I don't know if she wasn't the, per- the 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 main person that she was supposed to fight, right? Like right. She she was uh, rescheduled. Cornejo comes in um, with six knockouts, ranked number five in the division. That kind of says something too, right? Like she's ranked number five, but she's still sixteen and five. The rank doesn't count if if most of the top ten isn't even close to the champion, in my opinion. I mean, you're just ranked with a bunch of other, right? Not calling them amateurs, but you know, more right. of a uh, just average boxer than an elite boxer like Shields. So, how do you think uh, Clarissa Shields performed this this evening? Oh, it was it was dominant. Dominant. She, she was trying to close yeah. uh, with a knockout. She rocked her a couple times, uh, you know. But for me, you know. Uh, her opponent, you know, short nose fight. I mean, try to do the best she could. And, right. And look, like you like some people think she's the goat. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, Clarissa Shields. Of course, I mean, uh, no disrespect. She came in, did what she's supposed to do, dominated every, every single round. Um, it's just that there's who else is there to fight out there? There's no one else. I think that's out there to fight to give her a run for her money. Um, and you know, I just don't think that there's there's that t- caliber of uh, opponent right now in that division. There's not. I mean, after the fight, they were asking her what she wants next. She said that she's likely going to go to United Kingdom for a July 1st fight be, uh, who, and watch the fight between the super middleweight champion uh, Cruz and Marshall and then 
pick one of them, whoever wins. But the problem is she's already beaten them she's both. She's already beaten them so, both, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what I think she's doing? beaten a, a Cruz uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then Savannah Marshall, she's beaten her. So then what? I mean, it's just the thing is maybe it's and, – and we all know that she's trying to dip her toes into the MMA. She's on the PFL roster. She's she's I think she's one-in-one one in MMA. Maybe that's something that she'll focus on uh, later on in her in this year, maybe next year. Yeah, I'm I'm not always a fan of of a athlete moonlining somewhere else, but really in this particular case, she probably should. She's 28 years old, and yeah. she definitely loves competition, mm-hmm. and she wants the elites of whatever that competition she does. And I think going over to MMA would probably do her really good right now. In the end, we do have uh, Clarissa Shields defeating Marcella. Maricela Cornejo by unanimous decision, 189, 190, and 190. So clear dominance on showcase throughout this fight. Um, And, you know, we'll see what's next for Clarissa Shields. And we're not disrespecting Shields at all. I mean, she is dominant, and and she's going out there doing what she needs to do. So it's always enjoyable to watch her fight. Well, all right. That um, wraps up our recap of boxing this past weekend june 6th uh now on to our preview for boxing this week we have one of the bigger fights coming up this for this spring early summer and the return of josh taylor versus teofimo lopez live from madison square garden in the hulu center um new york city in a super lightweight fight this is at 140 pounds josh taylor matas rigas porius and alberto pulo is our some of our other champions now, this is for the WBO and Ring Junior welterweight belts. Now, Josh the Tartan Tornado Taylor is 32 years old, 19-0 and 0 with 13 KOs. He is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by decision February of last year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Tio Fimo, the takeover Lopez, is 25 years old. 18 and 1 with eight uh, with 13 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a win by decision December of last year, and he debuted in 2016. Now Taylor is a favorite at a minus 175, and Lopez is an underdog at plus 135. Josh Taylor is from Scotland. He stands at 510 with a 69 and a half inch reach. He fights out of the Southpaw fight stance and now has a 68% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Jack Catterall, Jose Carlos Ramirez, and Regis Porgres. Teofimo Lopez is from Brooklyn, New York. He stands at 5'8 with a 68.5-inch reach. He fights out of the orthodox fight stance and now has a 72% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Sandor Martin, Pedro Campa, and Vasily Lomachenko. Notable losses come against George Cambosis Jr. How did we fall asleep on this fight? This is a good fight. This is yeah one of the bigger fights, right? I mean, I think it, it lost its luster whenever Josh Taylor has lost those other two belts, right? He's not a unified yeah. champion, um, but still, Josh Taylor is Josh Taylor. Teofimo Lopez moving up in weight, going into a new division, right? Uh, and yeah. this is um something that um you know let's, maybe he'll be a two division champion. Yeah. At, at the end of the night, um, I mean, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? How do you how, well, how do you feel about this fight? I think you're right about it losing its luster because of the the whole Taylor that you brought up, and then also Lopez losing to Combosis, and yeah. you know we never saw that happening. But these guys are two super elite fights. I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, I would love to see Lopez get back into his winning ways and be a super elite fighter, but 
you know, is his head in the right place? Um, that's always my question. So I'm going to go with the champion, uh, Josh Taylor, by a decision. And I also will go with Josh Taylor by decision. Um, I'm also concerned with uh, Teofimo Lopez and where his head at. Where's his head at? Um, he does. He is coming off a win against uh, Sando Martin. So, but it wasn't as convincing as we probably all wanted him right. wanted to be. Um, so, I just think that you know, I think he's gonna face a little bit of adversity with Josh Taylor, who's again undefeated. Josh Taylor hasn't fought since he fought Jack Catterall, um, which is probably about a year or so ago. And, um, you know, I, I just think this is going to be a really good fight, really good test for both, but Josh Taylor coming up on top. I love both of them, but I'm kind of rooting for the underdog and Lopez. I kind of want to see him back at the top again. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, the world is a, is a great place whenever Teofimo Lopez is yes. on top of the world. Yep. Also, this Saturday night, live on the DAZN app, we have uh, Jaime Munguia versus D- Sergey Dervishenko. Again, this is going to be on live on Saturday night, on June 10th, live on the Zone, live from Ontario, California, from the Toyota Center. Um, big puncher, Jaime Munguia coming in. Yeah, he's coming in, and I think he's undefeated, right? Forty-one and zero. Yeah, forty-one and zero, thirty-two KOs. This is actually going to be one of his biggest tests in his career. And what's interesting is he has forty-one fights. Right, and he's only 26 years old. Well, Isn't that Mexican? That is that it's, that Mexican record Mexican, thing going Mexican on? Record. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, uh, on the other side, we have the uh, former Ukrainian world champion contender, uh, Sergey, the technician, Devrachenko, 14 and 4 with 10 KOs. Um, again, this is going to be in the middleweight fight. Uh, Devrachenko, he's um, he's been in the ring with several times with some big fighters such oh, as. Oh, has he really? Uh, Josh Conley, uh, Jamel Charlo, uh, Gennady Golovkin. Of course, he's lost to these guys, um, but he has um, a mixed decision, a unanimous decision win against Jack Jack Kuke and uh, Joshua Conley. You know, what's interesting about this fight is where Munguia seems like he has more experience at 41-0. His opponent has, like you said, fought some experienced fighters yeah. it's not like he's lacking any kind of ring time you know with some elite fighters well he's ranked number seven in the world where Munguia is ranked number four and um you know i just think this is one of the biggest fights in the career of jaime Munguia, and yeah. this will actually be a pivotal um you know point to see where he will go next after that do you feel like if he can uh win this fight that probably a title shot hopefully with one of the other title holders in this division um, I think so. I think the next fight, if he wins, uh, he fights Gennady Golovkin. And it, it's kind of an easier fight yeah. as far as to make yeah. because Golovkin is part of the, the zone network. And oh, okay. So, so the, it can be it can happen um, sooner than later. And Triple G has one belt left, so that would be perfect and probably the, the swan song for Triple G in that last fight. Yeah, so be sure to check that. Again, this is this Saturday, June 10th, live from the Toyota Arena in Ontario, California on the zone app. All right, well, that wraps things up for our boxing preview. Now on to our boxing news and notes. Hearn confirms offer sent to Dillian White for Anthony Joshua rematch targeted for August 12th. Should White eventually accept an offer, the bout would serve as a rematch to their December 2015 clash between unbeaten heavyweights won by Joshua via seventh-round stoppage at the O2 Arena in London. Joshua Anthony Joshua is also in talks 
to face the former WBC heavyweight titleist Dante Wilder in December. So what do you think of the, I guess, timeline for Anthony Joshua's next two fights? Do you like those next two fights? Are you interested in those next two fights? I'm not interested in a Tyson Fury fight with Joshua. He's not scheduled in that next two fights. Okay. Was it Usyk? Who did you say it was? Dillian White. Dillian White. And Dante Wilder. Well, you know what? The only reason I brought up Tyson Fury is because there was an article that I read that uh, Mauricio Suleiman, who is the president of the the WBC um, uh, title or WBC Uh uh, group, um, he said that they could possibly make uh, uh, Anthony Joshua the mandatory for Tyson Fury. Okay. Later on in the in the year, probably. So that's why I brought his name, his name up. But uh, I'm not interested in that t- that fight right now. Maybe Dillian White. I like a Dillian White against you know uh, Joshua Anthony okay. Joshua. And the other person was who? Was going to be Dante Wilder. In December. Oh, Deontay Wilder. Um, I would see that fight. Yeah, I would like that fight. So both of them are kind of at the same crossroads of their career right now. So what do you think his record if he has to go through those three guys? The three guys, Anthony um, Joshua's record, based on what we've one seen and two. from him, one, in, two and one, two and two one. and one. Yeah, I think he gets through uh, Deontay Wilder. I think he gets through through uh, Dillian White, but I don't think he gets through Tyson Fury if he does fight him. I think he gets through White. I do not think he's getting through Wilder. No, not even close. I think he gets knocked out or he quits. Wow. That's what I feel about Anthony Joshua at this point in his career. So basically, what you're saying, you do need to see him fight because I, I do. We don't know where he is at. Right I don't now. know where he's at. I mean, he scares me. I mean, he scares me against that he may lose to Dillian White. It's just I, I don't know where his head is right now. Yeah. You know. Well, in a form, in an interview um, with hype fight hypes, Sean Zytel, Adrian Bonner, the four division world champion, spilled the beans on his fellow. Um, fighter hinting at his upcoming showdown and gave a peek of his future plans. Bronner is saying that in a sparring session between Gervonta Davis and Devin Haney, they were sparring. Well, he he sparred with them both. Oh, already. he sparred Sorry. with both of them. And he Haney, feels, yeah, Haney and Tank Davis. Yeah, and okay. he feels that Tank Davis has so much more power than Haney that Tank Davis will get just run through uh, Devin Haney. Just, just on the the fact that he's sparred with both of these. I agree, and I agree with I'm that too. Straight up, I already agree with that. Wow, that's interesting. But are we going to see that fight? Do or is I don't think we're seeing the fight because Haney's moving up, right? Yeah, but I think it would be easier for Javante um, Davis to move up and wait. I mean, he's already big already. I think they, yeah. I think even if Haney moves up in weight, Davis would move up in fight. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of those things. Um, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's almost like a um, uh, Alex Pereira, right? He's yes. Like, if you move up, I'm just gonna follow you, Ezra Adesanya. Yes, Adesanya. Yeah. Yes, that's so, interesting. Almost like that. So speaking of this weekend's fight, the the champion Josh Taylor has said he has his eyes set on fighting the winner of Earl Spence Jr versus Terrence Crawford fight after he defends his WBO lightweight welterweight title this Saturday, June 10th, against Teofimo Lopez. Taylor, 19-0 with 13 KO, says he wants to move up to 147 to to try to become a two-weight world champion. So, a couple questions. Is he overlooking his current fight? 
Josh Taylor. Um, I don't think he's overlooking. I, th- no. I don't think you can overlook look Teofimo Lopez and his father. I don't think so either, right? And do you like him against the winner of Spence or Crawford? Do you, does he have a chance? Do you think he should be looking at that the super elite fighters in the 147 pound division? Um, I want to see how he does against uh against against Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, right. If he gets like a knockout, yeah. If he puts him down several times, dominates, then you know what? Okay, I think I would like to see him fight against Earl Spence Jr. or a um uh, Crawford. I think that would be a good fight. That's shooting but, for the stars, though, yeah, isn't it? But he's got to get—he's got to really show something for those because, and both of them, right? Teofimo Lopez too. If he goes and knocks out uh, Josh Taylor, do we look at hey, maybe he should fight Earl Spence Jr. now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think a Lopez winning versus a Taylor, we're more apt to put Lopez in in that fight with Spencer Crawford than we are Taylor. I mean, I think I think, I think Lopez has the natural talent. I just am worried about his mental state from that loss. I think it, it still haunts him. So if he can get past this weekend, man, all bets are off. He's moving to 147. He can fight for that. Well, according to sources, Emmanuel Navarrete is scheduled to defend his title versus Oscar Valdez. Navarrete, who is a WBO junior lightweight title holder, is scheduled to fight August 12th in Glendale, Arizona versus Oscar Valdez. This is going to be a fight between two Mexican fighters um, that will headline the top rank boxing on ESPN. Navarrete is 37-1, and one, um, but he's one of the big bigger names in this division and we're in boxing right now that's gonna be a great fight and oscar valdez i mean we've seen him fight several times too and uh, valdez is a, a volume puncher when is that fight august 12th okay okay i'm i'm in dude that's awesome road trip to glendale arizona road trip to glendale <laughs> i wonder how far that is huh. yeah it's like three hours three hours i'm in <laughs> Do you got any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment. Now on to our MMA segment, where we are recapping UFC on ESPN, Cara France versus Al-Bazi uh, this past June 3rd uh, from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Kicking off our recap, we have the fight between Jib Miller and, oh, surprise, surprise, Jesse Butler. No, Jared Gordon. We both picked Jared Gordon. Yeah, Jared right? Gordon did not Flash lose. was there. He didn't lose. He was so fast. Yeah, as the Flash, yeah. I didn't even see him in the in the octagon. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so th- what happened to, to Jared Gordon? Oh Gordon? my gosh! So, I guess uh, during the press conference, he came out and said, and and noted to I guess someone had asked him about an injury or something. He said, "Yeah, I had gotten oh, my right. concussion six weeks ago, but I'm good." Yeah. And Dana White lost his bleep crap. Yeah. You know, he he came out and said, "This is what Dana said." He goes, "Yeah, when you come in here on press day and you announce that you had a concussion six weeks ago and you healed yourself from a concussion, you're done. You're we're not going to let you fight." White told the reporters in the post conference. <laughs> he should have told us six weeks ago. He should have showed us at least the company and your opponent some respect and at least did it six weeks ago. So, yeah, and he I was pissed. That. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. He he literally just told on himself and um, had the, his his match uh, or himself pulled from the match. And so now Do you agree had, with that? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I think I think in the world that we've seen the UFC kind of go the other way in a lot of other times yeah. and a lot of other uh, fighters, um, this is probably the best thing that happened so far because, you know, of course, we can all say that a concussion is just a concussion. I'm healed. That was just six weeks ago. But still, your brain has a lot of other uh, things to work out yeah, absolutely. in there. So now we have Jesse Butler, who's making his UFC debut against Jim Miller. Mad who's, respect. Who's right? 35 and 17 coming in. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mad respect that he would step up in such a short notice to take on. Uh, he's going to go down as a legend as just an active fighter, you know. Well, Jim Miller, I mean, well, he comes in and does Jim Miller things, and it only takes him 23 seconds to get this fight over with. Not surprising. Is surprising you? No, I'm not surprised. Jim Miller is just a very experienced. You know, he got went in there. Didn't even. I don't even think he like uh, really showboated afterwards. He just went in there and knocked the kid out, and um, got business done. And wait, I'm pretty sure he's gonna wait for the next fight pretty soon, probably next month or so. Workmanlike fighting for him in that match. Uh, Jim Miller now 36 and 17. He's ranked 24th in the UFC. Um, what do you think's next for him? Most UFC wins with 25 now in the UFC. He's not looking for a title shot, but he is looking to be fir- be the first fighter to be on the UFC 100, 200, and possibly the 300 pay-per-view card. That's crazy. Is that insane? Yeah. And we're coming up on 300, right? We are. Yeah, because it's 289 pretty soon. Yeah, so we're and probably talking another year and a half. About a year. Yeah, about yep. a year and a half. So it could be possible, right? Yeah, and and, and, and like you mentioned – He's probably fighting next month because he didn't get a scratch on him. Do you think they reschedule with Gordon? I think they should. They should. I think so too. Yep. Um, I'm. Not, I didn't even put anything for Butler. I mean, poor guy. Short notice. Yeah. Uh, mad respect to him again for him. I don't count this as a loss for him. <laughs> get back in the gym. Get some. Get some training going and get a proper fight with with you know some activity with your coaches. You know. Next up on the card, we have Alex Caceres versus Daniel Pineda in a featherweight clash. What a back and forth fight, wasn't it? It was really entertaining. I mean, one of those that you know could go any, either way. Yeah, absolutely. And and I thought that both of them got their shots in when they needed. Um, for me, Caceres was just mixing up his attacks with his strikes and and the body blows were vicious. Uh, I like the body blows from Caceres, especially from the kicks, um, yeah. getting in there against Pineda. But Pineda showed a kind of warrior he is. Um, now Pineda did come in 20, 28 and fourteen. Uh, Caceres twenty one, twenty and thirteen. Um, they're pretty experienced, and we've we've talked about Caceres a couple of times, and I yeah. think me and you both uh, kind of agree that Caceres is probably one of those uh, names to kind of maybe not title contender, but always there and always willing to work and putting in the work in every fight that he's in. He's always in, in the fight no matter what. He's always game no matter who the fighter is. But, you know, what was really interesting is I was, you know, uh, having my own judge's card, and, and I you know, it was a hard time every round. And I thought at the end of the fifth round when Pineda suddenly swung and dropped Caceres with yeah. a wild right hook at the buzzers, I'm like, was oh, my God. Yeah. Did that just change, change the judges? Well, let's go to the judges' decision where we do have 29-28, um, 29-28, and 29-28, all for Caceres. I'm not unhappy with the judging in this one. I think that Caceres did enough, and, and I'm glad that the judges discounted that late uh, hit. Well, now Caceres, like we said, he's 21-13, and 13, ranked 18th in the division. 
Um, I have him fighting maybe next a Billy Corantillo. And okay, I'm okay with that. I have him fighting Edson Barbosa. Ooh, that's a jump. Because Edson right? Barbosa's like fourteenth. Fourteenth. He's fourteenth. Uh, I think Corantillo's sixteenth, so maybe yeah. that too big of a jump. But, but yeah. Obviously, Barbosa, oh, it, uh, he's yeah. a nightmare. World class. Right? Yeah. World class. How about Pineda? 28 and 15, 6 and 5 in the UFC. Um, he's been actually absent uh, for two years from the Octagon. Yeah. Uh, not before this, the last fight that he had. Um, I thought he held his own in the 18th, you know, against the 18th ranked fighter. Um, but I think he needs to get back in the win column. Move up in the ranks, uh, and he'll be back in the action. Yeah, he's ranked 33 right now, according to uh, RankingMMA.com. Uh, I have him maybe fighting a Bill Algio, who's ranked there in that area, or a Hakim Duwadu, um, who's also in that area. They're both coming off the losses. Yeah, and those are both be good fights for him. And finally, in the card, we do have the main event in the evening: Kai Kara France versus Amir Albaziz in a flyweight division clash. A very close fight that left me scratching my head at the judges' scorecard. Uh, every single week we have something like this, right? Doesn't it seem like it? It seems like this. If it's not boxing, it's UFC or back and forth or both. I mean, both of them did outstanding. I mean, they had really good fights. Yes. But I didn't see that Kai Kara France really like, convincingly lose a round. No. I didn't see any round that I said, oh, yeah. He lost that round. For me, France set the pace for the fight. He landed more combinations on his opponent. Right. And his elite defense from being took down Mm -hmm. was showcasing that fight. Yeah. Yes. I I don't understand how he lost. The thing is that Abazi came in with a plan to take him down. That's right. That was his plan. I'm going to take him down, get him to the ground, and use my groundwork. But Kai Kara France showed his strength, showed his t- um, his uh, defensibility, defense, his ability to take on the the to defend the takedown, and to um, turn it around. Even if he did get down, to turn yes. it around really fast. Yes. And so I don't think Ab- Abaziz even dominated on the ground where he was should have. And I and I know in the judges uh, critiquing of a fight or whatever they judge us that you don't look at the guy's face and how mangled it is or not, but you could tell who was getting battered and who. Would, clearly was was still fresh. France didn't look like he was getting hit in the face. Well, in the end, we do have a... It does come down to a decision. So we have 47-48, 48-47, and 48-47. A split decision win for Amir Abaziz. I don't understand. I don't either. I don't either. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the website uh, Decisions MMA. I, I am not. So there's a website that kind of goes, there's a bunch of writers, about 30 different writers nice. that send in their results of what they, they feel was the score. 27 of them scored it for Kai Kara France. And two, I think it was three of them, okay. s- said for Albaziz. Okay. That that makes sense. It does make sense. You, you, you're going to have a, a couple people. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. a couple people see different, right. but thir- 27, like what, 95%? Says this this win would have should have been for uh, Kai Kara France. Now did Kai Kara France win? Uh, convince you in every single round yeah, that he, he won? dominate? Did, I didn't, he's not dominating. Yeah, he wasn't dominating. No. but I I don't think he lost. I don't think he lost a round for me, in my opinion. But um, but I'm for sure on the side that he didn't lose the fight. 
with all the technology we have and with all the experienced uh, writers and, and we can pick out however, how is it that we can't take these 30 people on this website, make it live and go, listen, you watch the fight live. We're going to allow you to be the judges time. I want all 30 of you send it in and we'll take your scores instead of these three judges that can't seem to get it right wow. every week. You yeah, know what I mean? Can you imagine that? That would be awesome. Like a, a, a world opinion of who won. Why not? Like That'd I'm be interesting. Not, yeah. Now, I'm not saying Alan and Daniel yeah. you know, need to be on this thing. I'm <laughs> not saying that at all. What I'm saying is if you're telling me that this website has yeah. 30 guys, girls, whoever, yeah. that is writing, living, breathing, boxing or MMA, and we have the technology for them to watch it live right. and send in their cards – I mean, it'd be really easy. We've got AI now. It can, yeah. it can, you know, do an algorithm to tally it all up. Why aren't we doing that instead of these three judges? I don't understand. I don't understand either. And, you know, I just think that uh, doesn't PFL do some, some kind of different scoring or some kind of uh, they do electrical? A different, yes, yeah. they do. So I don't know. It's just and, – and the thing is that these are not UFC judges. No, they're still boxing. Yeah. They're still boxing. And so – why doesn't the UFC have their own judges? I don't think they're allowed to because it's it's a commission, right? That goes through the commission. Okay, but I mean, don't we see that there's a need for there's MMA definitely judges? A need. Look, this ain't UFC night uh, two thousand and one where we've only been looking at MMA right. for for ten years. We're now thirty years in. How are we not have qualified MMA judges that have watched many fights and said, hey, I can judge this. Don't you think like you, uh, the UFC or Dana White would make a performance center for judging? <laughs> Something like think. that, right? You would think, right? And and maybe like combine that with because uh, not even the referees are, are part of the UFC, right? They're, they're not even UFC employees. They're part of also. No, because they, because I, I, you know, I see Herb Dean over in the PFL. Yeah, I, I see him so. in Bellator. Yeah. I see him in one sometimes. Yeah. It, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, what do you think's next for Albaziz, who's now ranked third in the division, seventeen and one? Um, what do you think's next for him? Five and zero oh in the UFC. Um, for me, I gotta believe he's up next for a title shot. I mean, I I think, in my opinion, uh, I don't think anybody looks better right now in that division. He should fight Brandon Morano next. Okay, but Morano's already got a fight with uh, Pantoja. Then he fights the winner of that. But if Morano loses, isn't shouldn't there be a rematch between Pantoja and Morano? Now that's a problem, isn't Moreno. it? Moreno. Mm-hmm. So now we have Pineda on the shelf waiting for that. Or Albaziz, yeah. Or Al- I'm sorry, we have Albaziz waiting on the shelf for the next title shot. Do we want to him to wait eight months? I don't think so. And so, so I have a name for him: Brandon Royval. And then the winner of that. The winner of that fights the winner of the ultimately who's the champion later on. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But, man, you know, here's the, here's the thing is the division. The fights are usually really close. I mean, obviously, we just saw tonight. They're really close, yeah. you know, of the way these super elite fighters are in this division. So it wouldn't surprise me that the Rovell, obviously, fight and the Murano versus, who did you say? Pantoja. Is going to be real close, and they're going to automatically do rematches. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about for Kai Kara France? I mean, he's kind of a, I think, on a three-fight losing streak. Two-fight losing streak. Two-fight. 24 and 11, 7 and 4. I thought he did enough for a win. He yeah, didn't get it. Guy. And 
kind of derails him because I literally thought he was going to be have the next style shot. So what are we doing? Well, the other thing too is that if you look back at the fight with uh, Moreno, the the, inter- the interim fight, he was kind of winning that fight. He was until Moreno gets that nice clean shot to the liver with a kick. Um, so yeah, Kai Karen France com- coming off of uh, you know some bad luck, um, ranked fourth in the division. He's got to find another top tender and get back in a winning streak. That's what he's going to have to do. I have a name here. Okay. How about Man- Manel Kappa? Cap. And where is he ranked? I think he's ranked number nine or ten. I'm Yes. He's going to have to, unfortunately, get back in line, yeah. move his way back up. All right. Well, what do you think about these, uh, this uh, UFC fight night? Man, it was real good. Uh, did we have any fight of the nights or any perf- uh, bonuses? Yes, um, we did have uh, a fight of the night. Who do you think was fight of the night? I think the fight of the night was probably Pineda versus Caceres. Yeah, you're absolutely okay. right. They both win $50,000. How about performance of the night? Um, and one of them we did recap, and the other one was in a preliminary card, Mohamed Nayamov. Nayamov. So who do you think was the other? It's got to be Miller, right? Jim Miller, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to give that to him. Yeah, definitely. So where'd you put the uh, – where's the bar on this this uh, card? Um, I'll probably say probably about Six-ish. I hate giving sixes, but I, I think it's probably 6-5. Did you happen to see the um, pit bull fight? I did not. Andre uh, Olaski? No, I did not. He got knocked out. Oh. Now, he's still he's still fighting at the age 46, <clears throat> and he hasn't fared too well in the last Well, Dante Mays is, is no joke. Yeah. yeah he's, he's out there, yeah. But I'm surprised he wasn't even at least on – the main card, Arlovski, former former heavyweight, champion. former heavyweight and a dominant fighter back in his, um, you know, back in his day. But I kind of feel like he needs to ride off in the sunset, man. Well, it looks like Arlovski, Ar- he is on a two fight losing streak. His last fight, uh, win coming off of Jake K- Collier um, back in April of 2022. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a long career for him. It goes back to what what I was saying about An- Anderson Silva and some of the others that would fight too long. It, in my opinion, it kind of tarnishes their legend and their uh, record is by by losing fights towards the end of their career. Yeah, that's going to be his fifty eighth match. Maybe maybe hang it up at sixty. Maybe maybe. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a lot of miles. It is. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our UFC recap. Now on to our UFC preview of UFC 289, Nunez versus Aldana. This one's going to be live from the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia, this Saturday, June 10th. Kicking off our our preview, Dan Ige versus Nate Landwehr Landwehr in a featherweight division clash. This is at 145 pounds, and Alex Volganowski is our current champion. Now, Dan, 50K Ige, is 31 years old, 60-6 with five KOs, five submissions, and six decisions. He is currently ranked 13th in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the second round, January of this year, and he is 1-3 in his last four fights. Now, Nate the Train Landwehr is 34 years old, 17-4 and four with eight KOs, two submissions, and seven decisions. He is currently ranked 26 in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, March of this year, and he is 3-1 and one in his last four fights. Now, Ige is a minus 230, and Landwehr is a plus 190. 
Dan Ige is from Hawaii. He stands at 5'7 with a 71-inch reach. He represents Extreme Couture MMA. Notable, win, notable wins come against Damon Jackson, Gavin Tucker, and Edson Barbosa. Notable losses come against Josh Emmett, The Korean Zombie, and Calvin Cater. Nate Landwehr is from Tennessee. He stands at 5'9 with a 72-inch reach. He represents MMA Masters. Notable wins come against Austin Lingo, David Onama, and Darren Elkins. Notable losses come against Julian Erosa and Herbert Burns. I like watching Danny Gay. I do too. Workman like kind of Workman like. Yep. Unfortunately, he's one and three in the last four or five. Yeah, he is. He is. But some big competition, right? Yes. I mean, Josh Emmett, the Korean Zombie, in uh, those names. That's a list. That's a list, right? Um, I'm going to tell you, I think he's going to get back in the winning column. I like him uh, by KO in the second round. Well, you read my notes. I also like E8 by TKO or KO in the second round. Well, that brings us to our co-main event of the evening. Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush in a lightweight division, division clash. This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makhachev is our current champion. Now, Charles Dubronx Oliveira is 33 years old, 33 and 9 with 9 KOs, 21 submissions, and 3 decisions. He is currently ranked second in this division. His last fight was a loss by submission in the second round, October of last year, and he's 3 and 1 in his last four fights. Now, Benil Dariush is 34 years old, 22 and 4 with 5 KOs, 8 submissions, and 9 decisions. He is currently ranked 5th in this d- division. His last fight was a win by decision, October of last year, and he is on an 8 fight win streak. Now, Darius is a minus 125, and Oliveira is a plus 105. Charles Oliveira is from Brazil. He stands at 5'10 with a 74 inch reach. He represents Chutabox Academy. Notable wins come against Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, and Michael Chandler. Notable losses come against Islam Makashev, Paul Felder, and Ricardo Hamas. Benil, Dar- Benil Dariush is from Yorba Linda, California. He stands at 5'10 with a 72-inch reach. He represents Kings MMA. Notable wins come against Martus Gamrot, Tony Ferguson, and Scott Holtzman. Notable losses come against Michael Chiesa, Alexander Hernandez, and Edson Barbosa. So, do you are you surprised that the former champion who was dominating this division, Oliveira, is the underdog? I am surprised to a point, but Benil Dariush is um, on a roll until he got hurt, and he was probably in line for a championship at one point before yeah. he got hurt. Um, but I am surprised because uh, Charles Charles Oliveira should command some kind of uh, like a. Uh, respect to yes yeah and here's the here's the other disrespect that came out this week darius came out and said if there were 10 grappling matches he's right. winning nine out of ten against Oliveira, who has 21 victories of submissions in that ring does that surprise you um well i don't think it surprises me that he says that yeah um but uh i wouldn't agree with it but then again if you look at darius he's a bigger stouter man a uh, guy Yes. Whereas Oliveira, he's probably taller and um, not as bulky, I guess, yeah. than Dariush. Who do you think gets this match done? 
Well, I'm the guy that always says after a loss, where's the fighter's head, mental, his head? And I, I, I think this is an exception to the rule. I believe Oliveira has his head on straight. He was okay with that loss. Uh, so I like Oliveira by submission in the second round. By submission, all right. Um, I have Charles Oliveira by TKO in the third round. What a match it's going to be. Well, that brings us to our main event of the evening. Amanda Nunez versus Irene Arena. It's Irene Aldana in a women's bantamweight division clash. This is at 135 pounds. Amanda Nunez is our current champion. Amanda Lioness Nunez is 35 years old, 22-5 and five with 13 KOs, four submissions, and five decisions. She is currently ranked first in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision July of last year. And she is 3-1 in the last four fights. Now, Irene Aldina is 35 years old, 14-6 and six with eight KOs, three submissions, and three decisions. She is currently ranked sixth in this division. Her last fight was a win by KO in the third round, September of last year, and she is 3-1 in her last four fights. Now, Nunez is a minus 330, and Aldina is a plus 260. Irene Aldana, Aldana is from Mexico. She stands at 5'9 with a 69-inch reach. She represents Lobo Gym. Notable ones come against Macy Chasson, Yana Kusakaya, and Caitlin Vieira. Notable losses come against Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, and Caitlin Chikagin. Amanda Nunez is from Brazil. She stands at 5'8 with a 68-inch reach. Notable wins come against Julian, Juliana Pena, Megan Anderson, Megan Anderson, and Felicia Spencer. Notable losses come against Juliana Pena and Kat Zagano. Well, we have Nunez back in action after that dominating performance that we saw in person. Right. So less than a year then, right? So she's yes. been off. Um, is this the same Amanda Nunez? It's not. No, I don't think so either. No. Like, my prediction would normally be a KO in, like, this first or second round, but I... She's just not the same. She's older. She's mm. her priorities, in my opinion, have changed to family. Mad respect to that for two. Um, I, I think she pulls this out. I think this this uh, her opponent's a tough opponent, though. Uh, I like her by decision, Nunes. Yeah, you you actually read my notes again. Um, I think she has a decision win against Aldana. I think it's going to be a tough fight, um, but a decision win for Nunes. Do you see her opponent having? any chance of upsetting like Pena did. I think, if anything, it's going to be with um, the kicking game. I think yeah. Aldana has a really good kicking game. Um, and she's long. Um, she's she's almost the same height as uh, as uh, Nunez. Yeah. Well, she's taller than Nunez, yeah. actually. And so, I mean, but I don't think her grappling skills are as a par. But the thing is, does, does Amanda Nunez last five rounds? That's the thing. I think that's one of those things that we questioned few years ago a year or so ago two maybe a year and a half ago where she lost against juliana pena where she kind of ran out of gas she did but then she came back in july and went right. all five rounds right so we'll see i mean we're gonna see right but the only thing is that after this okay maybe a rematch with juliana pena but there's no one else in this division too no i mean else. it's just like clarissa shields right that's right so yeah yeah so where are you putting the bar on this uh pay-per-view um, you know, it's 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 a decent card. Um I, I love the Oliveira fight. Nunez coming back. Um she's the you know, the goat in, in MMA, yep. right? 
But um, the rest of the card, with with the exception of Dan Ige and Eric Anders, is kind of a weaker UFC card. Um, in, in the last a lot few of names years. we don't know. A lot of names, but that usually ends up being exciting, right? So I'll take a eight. I'm gonna put oh, it wow. that high. Eight. Well, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go ahead and say seven. But there are there's some decent names on here. Um, as far as Nasruddin uh, Imabov versus Chris Curtis, Miranda Maverick is coming back. Oh, Maverick could be good. Yeah, Jasmine Jurevadevish, Devishis. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say a, I'm gonna go ahead and put a seven point five. I figured you would. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA preview. Now on to our MMA news and notes. Tom Aspinall has come out and said, if there is a top boxer Francis Naganu could beat, it is Deontay Wilder. Aspinall sees the bronze bomber being Naganu's best chance of success. So, Daniel, here's my question to you. Where do we rank Francis Naganu against the top 10 boxers in the heavyweight division? Who do you see him faring well? And I will start at the very top and we'll move Ngannou. down. Ngannou. Ngannou. Boxing. Boxing okay. heavyweight. Number number one, Usyk. Does he stand a chance of beating Usyk? Uh, Ngannou versus Usyk. I must say no. I would say no. I agree. What about Fury? No. No, right? Number two, or actually number three ranked, Deontay Wilder. Tom Aspinall says he can beat the number three ranked heavyweight. Number, so who is that again? Deontay Wilder. Do you, um, I think Ngannou could probably beat In Deontay boxing. Wilder. In boxing. Wow. As long as he doesn't wow. get caught. So you're ranking him at number three. Think about that for a sec. Well, yeah, I mean, because who's after that? Anthony okay, Joshua, ready. right? Anthony Joshua. Can he beat Anthony Joshua? I don't think he can beat Anthony Joshua. Wow, as, as subpar Anthony Joshua has been in the last two years. Yeah. Okay. What about the new champ, Zhang Zing? Um, mm, can he I beat think him? he beat him, yeah. Okay. Can he beat Ruiz Jr.? I think he can. Okay. Can he beat Dillian White, who seems to fight everybody in this division? Yeah, I think he can beat him. Okay. What about uh, the juggernaut, Joe Joyce? Mm. I think <laughs> I I think he could get by him. You can get by him? Yeah, okay. I think so. What King about Kong. what about Luis uh, Luis Ortiz? King Kong. Can he beat um, King Kong? I think he can. Because okay. King Kong's like 42, 43. Yes, he is. Okay, so you think he can beat? And what about a Joseph Parker? Can he beat a Joseph Parker? Uh yeah, I think so. If think I'm, so? Gonna, I'm gonna say if I'm gonna say yes to all those other guys, that you I'm gotta say, say yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so so we have at least Francis Naganu beating sixty percent or seventy percent of the heavyweights in the boxing ring. That's pretty incredible, in my opinion. I I I don't think he can beat any of those guys. You don't think he can beat anybody? No, they're they're boxers. The okay, but okay. You say boxers, but are you putting in quotation marks with Deontay Wilder? Because Deontay Wilder, although he's been a heavyweight champion of the world. Heavyweight champion and knocked out a few. Yes. But just because I think because of his power, right? I think he's he's knocked out. But has he shown boxing skills as far as, you know, I mean, he'll kill me, of course. But, (laughs) right. I mean, but would he stand a chance 
I mean, he got outboxed by Tyson Fury. Box outboxed. But, but Tyson Fury and Usyk are technicians in the ring, right? That that they yes. they solidify the sweet science. You're literally discounting any kind of sweet science or training that these heavyweights have 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 endured in their careers. Do you do you compare Deontay Wilder's boxing, um, you know, IQ and boxing skills, skills and everything to? Tyson Fury? No, absolutely not. Like I don't believe that. No, but I still believe Wilder has more skills than Francis Ngannou when it comes huh. to hands. I just think that as Francis Ngannou can avoid the big right hand. Can he? Do we know I that? I mean, that's that. I mean, how not very many have. Right? right. But if he could do that, then he can he can uh, win this fight. Yeah. Well, what what is is Wilder the the choice if you wanted to see a, a Ngannou's first fight do you want him to fight a, a, a wilder in the ring or is there somebody less to give him a little tune up if you're saying all these other guys are going to get beat by him right um, do you want to see like a joe joyce versus nagano is that interesting no i just i don't even think i want to see nagano into boxing At right all. now right now no if he does i want him to go through the ropes you know go go through the ladder so go with joseph parker maybe yeah eight. maybe okay maybe okay. maybe not even number eight just somebody else let lower than that lower I mean, than that yes because because i mean gosh we aren't have, you wasting his time well i the thing is that we have other boxers have trained their whole lives yes. for boxing yeah i know in boxing and then we got just some some celebrity status to jump into the top 10 arguably the number one heavyweight in the world other than john jones yeah but he's not just some random celebrity really well i know but still i mean it's still yeah so jump throwing him in there because he is the top dog or yes. one of the top dogs in another uh fight uh in another combat sport yeah i mean it doesn't seem fair to me and i'm sure other boxers would see that oh too. absolutely of but course. then again i mean money talks so yeah whatever. exactly yep well, ahead of his return to UFC 291, Alex Pieta is set to learn English and also train with Sean Strickland. Now, you remember, uh, Sean Strickland uh, fought Alex Pieta uh, about a year or so ago and was knocked out by Pieta. That's but right. But now, um, Sean Strickland is starting to work with Pieta to help him with his uh, MMA and also with his English. Uh, is that a good thing? I think it's a good thing because, you know, that's how you're going to sell fights. You, you need to speak English. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, am I correct in saying that Alex Pierre has a fight already scheduled? Right. And, and he, he's training with Sean Strickland. Right. For with for UFC, two, uh, two, UFC 291 against Jan Bohovic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you didn't say that. So I didn't know who that who it was, but yeah, that's what I thought. So how do you think he's going to fare against the former champ? Because the former champ at one time was dominant. Um, I think he'll do what he did against Adesanya and just take him down to the ground. That's what Bohovic does. That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, you're yeah. saying that Bohovic will take Alex Vieira yeah. down. Yeah. I agree with you. I think yeah. that's going to happen, too. I think that's Because he ain't going to want to stand and, and uh, uh, trade strikes with yeah. Pierre. That's, that's a, that is a bad game plan. Dana White provides update on Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler fight. The USC president seems to be having a hard time getting a mcgregor versus chandler finalized while the former lightweight champion stated that as of june 1st it does not seem he is in the U usada testing pool and it's been reported that there will be a pay-per-view on december 16th 
at the T-Mobile Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, which the fans believe could be the Mystic Max return. However, he would have to enter the testing pool by June 16th. Dana White says, I think being here and the environment and everything else, he felt it again. He wants to get back and fight. The one thing you guys have to understand is this kid has so much money. It's like Khabib now. It's like this guy has a lot of money, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to reel these guys back in and get them fired up to get in a fight, White said. So I've got a couple questions for you. Number one, did you watch the opening episode of The Ultimate? I did not. I'm disappointed that I did not. I'm disappointed in in you too, Daniel. Yeah, I did not. I forgot, you know. Where can I get a replay? Is it on like ESPN Plus? It is on ESPN Plus, yes. So do you want to know kind of what happened, or you want to wait? We'll talk about it next um, week. You know what? Let's wait because I'm okay. going to catch up, and then okay. we'll see. Because I have a lot of thoughts on it. All right. Okay, my next question to you is, do you think we're going to get this fight based on the information we have so far of him not being in a testing pool and a week away from him having to be in to meet that December 16th deadline? Okay. Why is USADA the end-all, be-all? Why do we – why do we – USADA is just the, the governing body that UFC uses. Why do we adhere to the rules is what you're asking? Is there a rule? There that is. You have, to, like a, the, you have to do this. Yes. So the rule is is that if you retire or you get out of the USADA pool, that when you enter, you have to be in it for six months before you can perform again in the octagon. So, But the, what I'm trying to say is you, UFC pays USADA, USADA to be their body, right? They pay. I believe so, yes. So they could say, you know what, we don't need you for this fight. We could just, you know, just do something else, our own thing. Then what do you say to all the other fighters that have to live by those rules? And you're just saying, well, this well, guy's you're not Conor McGregor. I agree with you. I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree with you. I think they should do whatever they want when it comes to the yeah. superstars. Like if John Bones Jones wants to snort some cocaine before the right. fight, I don't give a crap, right? Right. Like, there's certain exceptions to rules. Why aren't we doing that for certain fighters? I mean, dang. It's crazy. I mean, why why, why have those rules out there? You know, it's just, you know, if they want, all want to cheat, then let, let it make it fair to everyone. And everyone could cheat. Because not everyone wanted to cheat when it was fair back in the day. Back in the day. Well. Here, here's, here's, here's kind of my problem. Is... Connor knew in January he's going to have to have a fight. Why? Why is he already not in the USADA pool? Like, what are we doing? Why is that's he still the thing? Waiting? Is that he okay. knows the rule ain't going to change? So what's okay? So what's the worst that he could be taking? Right? I mean, is he taking steroids? Sup- steroids? Is he taking steroids Probably or per- is it just drugs? Prob- no, I think he's doing performance enhancing. I mean, look at him. I know. Do you see his face? Like, he does not look like. Mystic Mac from back in the day. I will tell you one thing, and it's at the very beginning of this episode. He is, and it's in the trailers. He he asked Chandler as when they first met, "Hey, do you want to fight at 175?" And of course, you know Chandler being Chandler, he's like, "Okay." He goes, "Well, what about 185?" <laughs> and Chandler's like, "Okay." I'm like, "He's gonna try to get this at 205 because he's probably yeah. sitting at 205. He probably is, and he has no interest in cutting weight." Yeah. So there's about, a lot. How about, okay, how about both of them? Just go bare knuckle boxing. I don't think McGregor wants to mess up that that celebrity face. You know he was at the last bare knuckle event, 
And he even that. went into the ring with I a belt. That. He took someone's yeah. belt and said, I'm going to be the next champion or something like that. I don't know. The, it, it's, I don't, th- in my opinion, I don't think I'm getting this fight. Do you? I just think that this is too bad because you're hyping it all up with, um, with this and the show and everything. And then what? Not to have it. I mean, that's the only reason you put them as coaches because they're going to fight. And you're wasting uh, Chandler's time, right? You are. So we are going to table this. I, w- I want you to watch All the right. first episode, and then the second episode is coming out this week, so you need yeah. to watch both so we can re-talk, and I can see what your opinion is if it's the same of what I'm coming to conclusion of. All right. Well, finally, we had some good news. Um, I don't know if you remember Chris Weidman, who was injured. He had a devastating leg break back in the, um, 2021 um, he's actually making his return to the UFC, he fighting against Brad Tavares in UFC 292, August 19th in Boston, Massachusetts. I know you said good news, but I don't consider that good news. You don't think so? It scares me. Did you see that? Whenever he he kicked some, I forgot who he kicked, but uh, I think it was. Who did he kick? Your it wasn't your Uriah Hall. Yeah, Uriah Hall. What scares me is because he got the exact same leg injury as Anderson Silva. Yeah. And Anderson Silva was never the same. Never. No. And from what I've heard with Wyden's energy, it was worse than Mm. and had a lot of complications. So am I excited about seeing him back in the ring? I love Chris Wyden, but I'm kind of scared for him. Are you? I mean, I I am scared, but I'm just happy to see him back, you know, doing what he loves to do. I mean, because – Gosh, can you imagine those first few weeks, those first couple of months, you know, Ugh. just everything that he was going through, his mind and everything. Awful. Um, but, yeah, now – but then again, he's 38 years old. Um, that that did happen on April 24, 2021, so almost three years, mm. a little over two – what, two years ago. And, um, man, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be exciting to see him fight, but it's going to be – we're going to pee on nails and pins, right? Yeah, and, and your bones – don't heal as fast as when you're 24, when you're 38. Yeah, you're right. Do you have any other news? I do not. All right. Well, that's that wraps things up for our MMA segment. Now on to our Pick'em League. We are back picking last week. Uh, Daniel, you went 2-1 and one in MMA and 1-0 and oh in boxing. Your total is now 15. Right. I went 1-2 and two in MMA, 1-0 and oh in boxing. I am now sitting at 16. So you gained, gained some ground on me. Yes, you did. Yes. For our players, uh, we are sitting at Lynn with 12, Omar with 14, Daniel with 15, Dan with 15, Everett with 15. We then have Dom at 16. We have me at 16. Shane is now in second place. She went 4 and 0. Wow. So she is at 18 and still the leader, but now tied. Loretta is at 18 as well. So we, we have a race. Yeah, you yeah. have a race. Yeah, well, thank you to everyone that's participating in our Pick'em League. Again, if you're just listening to us, catching our show, you want to join into the league, feel free to jump on in, and we'll have we'll, we would hap- happily have your opinion on our show. And as always, check out our Facebook and Instagram for any breaking news or news and notes uh, for the boxing and MMA world. It, it is a busy summer, so check it out. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>